about though. <laughs> well, we're live now, so that's what we're talking about. Okay. Are you ready, right. Grandpa? No, man. To, I mean, are you going to share gonna, it? I'm I'm about to, but I mean, are you going to tell me what we're talking about live or not? Yeah, I'll tell you. When are you just live. waiting? Well, are, are, oh, you're waiting. Live. Tell me when you tell them. That's right. I'm gonna tell everybody at the same time. I'm gonna do you like you do me. Okay. All right, you ready? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna run that intro. Cool, I'm oh. gonna run that intro. Let's do All it. Right. Right. Let's do it. Shut up and sit down. Hey, hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to Dope and Dharma. As always, mm-hmm. I am the Dharma guy. He is the Dope Doctor. And together, we are Dope and Dharma. And right now, if you're tuning in, you're listening to the Dharma Time Edition, which is where we talk about, uh, you know, philosophical type stuff, spiritual stuff, things that we're mm-hmm. struggling with. Although, if I'm honest, most of our shows kind of kind of all the same. We just title them differently, but I hear you. Other than our sports one. Not really. Not really. No, we talk I think sports and politics are pretty... Yeah, but even but addictions runs into spirituality so much, man. So, sure, anyways, I digress. Bottom line is, if you're listening to us now, you should listen to all of our stuff. Is what I'm getting at. So, oh, okay. Anyways, I uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, today I guess we're a couple minutes. No, actually, we're on time. You made it on time. Ah, oh, man, we're, I, we're on time, bro. I, I put out the fire. I, I put it out, but but um, <laughs> my stuff to do some more putting out after the show. But but I mean, um, our, our fire is ever what we're talking about. We're talking about invisible so, pain so, today. So, so everybody knows. I mean, typically, I mean, I gave, I mean, like Trinity has more control on this show, just like I have more control of the couch live. So, in other words, final decision of what the show's supposed to be talked about is on Trinity on this show, and final say so on on the couch live is me. And on and on uh, the Friday show, I mean, we both mutually just agree because we come up with multiple topics, so we all contribute to it. But so this one, I don't even know what. We're gonna be talking about today, Trent. You want put it on, put it on there, like like you've been doing, so I can see it. Welcome, uh, welcome, Let's welcome say. to my world. I uh, <laughs> did I say something? <laughs> yeah. So full disclosure before we get started, for all of you who are just tuning in, or you invisible you pain. Know, I see it now. That's right. Or if you don't know us very well, so him and I've been together now doing this for what 10, 11 years, something like that. And and I yeah. remember when I first met this guy. He said, "Hey, come on the show." I was like, "Oh, okay." So went on the show. We started talking. He's like, "Hey, you want to do this on a more permanent basis?" I'm like, "Sure, okay, yeah." So I started coming in, and and I would always text him like, "Hey, you know, what are we talking about?" It was on Fridays, and he'd be like, "Oh, you know, sometimes he would have a a, a title or whatever, but more often than not, more often than not, the way this process would happen." Is myself and at the time we had Denise Solis, who was uh, AJ McLean's mom from the Backstreet Boys. She was our co-host. Awesome. She kept it, held it down for us. She was the mama bear of the group. Kept us on task, mm-hmm. if you will. Her and I would show up early, <laughs> and we'd be there. We'd be sitting, and he he text us say I'm on my way. And the show starts <laughs> at twelve o'clock on the dot because <laughs> the particular station we were on had uh, other programming prior and post. Um, so we'd sit there and the, he, we had an intro that wasn't the 10 second intro you just heard. It was more of like a minute, maybe a minute and 12. The intro would start playing. We, her and I are putting our headphones on, getting ready. The intro is playing and we'd see him walking up around the corner. 
So he would sit down as the intro ends while the Captain Chris Hill at the time, the producer, was fixing things or doing whatever. Like literally at the exact moment it goes live, he's introducing it. And that would be the moment in which her and I would find out what it is we're talking about. (laughs) So I'm repaying that favor and letting him know at the moment we're going to talk about invisible pain today. So, and what I mean by invisible pain, what do I mean by that? Right. So it's him and I have, have helped individuals dealing with stuff for, for many years in different capacities, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's come to my attention that a lot of us have no idea what pain looks like. Right. A lot of us think we know what pain looks like because we, we envision the person who's sitting down with like a broken arm, right. Or like physical pain. And then we think emotional pain. We think the person who is crying in the corner or, you know, uh, emotionally struggling with something or upset or distraught. And yes, those are absolute examples of pain. However, pain oftentimes manifests itself in other ways. And I think that those are the ways that we're less aware of, I think. And so I think today, him and I should talk about that, meaning sometimes invisible pain or pain or trauma from the past manifests itself in, you know, poor decision making, um, poor impulse control, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, you know, it manifests itself in a, in a myriad of ways that we sometimes can't put two and two together and realize that that's a direct result of some trauma or some pain that we went through. We just think that, oh, that's just how I handle things, or that's just who I am. You know, this is just me. No, it's really not, right? It's who you've learned to be. It's your response to some sort of pain or trauma that you went through that you might not have gotten any closure on, you might not have dealt with. And it's showing up in your life now on a day-to-day basis. So that's what we're talking about today. And I think it's important right. because I've got teenagers <laughs> and they've got teenage friends. And, you know, it, it's been um, the last probably couple of weeks. There's been a lot of conversations about, you know, hey, some of them are, are, are struggling with different things. You know, they're, they're spreading their wings or getting out there in the world and they're working and they're living on their own. And, and they're noticing certain behavior patterns. And they're asking me, like, hey, why do I keep doing this? I was like, well, because you're in pain. And they're like, well, but I'm not in pain. I was like, but you are. <laughs> like, it, it, they can't comprehend. And when I bring it up to them and I mention it to them, their answer was always, yeah, but. Right? Because I'll say, well, like, you know, one one of her friends um, had a, a father or a father and a mother that weren't emotionally there. Um, they were... Uh, from any subjective perspective, they weren't the greatest parents. Let's just leave it at that. And I would say that to her. I was like, yeah, you were dealing with that. And she was like, yeah, but I mean, I'm okay with that. I was like, but you're not. <laughs> it's like, that's the thing is, is just because you're not thinking about it every single day and you're not, you know, distraught about it every single day. Doesn't mean it didn't have a ripple effect in your life. Doesn't mean that the things you're doing right now aren't as a result of some unaddressed pain in your past. Um, like, you know, for instance, myself, I've had plenty of it, and I'm sure we'll get into all that. But before I go any deeper, do you have any immediate thoughts on what we've talked about, what we're getting ready to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> well, then there you go. That settles it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, but it's, it's not so invisible, is it? I mean, I know that you called the show Invisible Pain, well, but it's really not so invisible. 
it's invisible so, to you, maybe, you know, the person exactly. that it's experiencing, right? That's, that's what you mean. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of what I meant. By the way, I'm an FAU dad today. So, you know, oh, nice. not, not a nice. teenager dad anymore. Uh, you know, um, you know, Wait, she, like, oh, that's right. She's 20 now or 21? How old is she? Yeah, 20. She's 20. Yeah. Okay. My youngest, 20. Zoe. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's not so invisible to you out there suffering with it or to me. Uh, that's currently going through it, but you're exactly right. I think a lot of times we forget uh, about nature versus nurture, right? It's weird. It's like we learn about nature versus nurture early on in our lives. And so we realize that some things that, that you're just bred to be are genetically predisposed. Um, and then some things are more uh, the surroundings in which you learn to adapt to uh, either your family learned to adapt a certain way. And therefore they taught it to you or you yourself experienced it and therefore you learn to adapt to a scenario uh, or a certain stimuli. Um, and so that exists, nature versus nurture. And that was always a matter of conversation. I mean, since the beginning of human time. Still, of discussion, yeah, it still right? is. Yeah, still is. is. You know, and, and, and so sometimes it's up left to ourselves to decide, you know, is that more nature? Is that more nurture? And then you got to ask yourself, but is it really important for me to, to, to know the difference? As long as I know that I don't want to be that way, as long as I know that, that maybe I take issue with how that turned out. Um, I mean, I really only need to know if it's nature versus nurture if I don't plan on changing it and I need to know which excuse to use. <laughs> Other than that, exactly. if, if you want to adapt the behavior, or if you don't like the behavior or your response to a certain thing, then uh, you got to make a go at it. No matter what, you got to make a go at it. You know what I mean? I may not be able to make myself six foot tall, but I can make a go out of it. I can stand up straighter. I can work on my, my physical health so that I lose less to gravity on a day-to-day -day basis and due to age. Um, you know, I can make a go at it. I may not be successful in getting as tall as I want to be, but I can, but I can definitely maximize my current height. And that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. I mean, you may be able to maximize right. your current skill set sometimes of how to respond to things, even though you can't necessarily uh, change it all. Yeah. Um, well, real quick, before we get on with that, um, you can watch us currently live on uh, whenever we do go live on right now it's mm -hmm. facebook at uh wpsn so it's facebook.com slash wpsn you mm -hmm. can also check us out at dope and dharma um on youtube and today we're live on twitch and so one of our facebook listeners as you just see on the screen uh, wrote a comment michelle is her name uh it says do you think it may be an inner conscious struggle lessons in order to change what are your uh, immediate thoughts on that one yeah, I think I think there's so many inner conscious struggles uh, constantly. I, th I think uh, you know you're, you're we're all a bundle of instincts, right? There's just natural instincts that that we have, uh, just like the animal world has instincts, and sometimes we don't like those instincts, right? Like like there's an Instagram uh, uh, page that I follow. It's called what Nature's Metal, um, and man, it, it, it's one of those that it just I don't recommend it to everybody. Uh, I know that. <laughs> You know, speaking of Zoe, FAU dad, she like, do not show Zoe any of it. She'll, she'll always be like, dad, why did, why did you even show that to me? She hates it, hates it. But me, on the other hand, I'm a little bit more sickish in nature. Um, you know, we've talked about many times that we come from the old faces of death youth where, oh, yeah. I don't know, I, 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 I watch it, you know, I can't help myself. It's like, uh, ridiculous. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So there, I think it, there is an inner, inner conscious struggle that constantly happens of uh, feeding 
that uh, internal animal that we all have uh, within us uh, compared to feeding the animal we want to be. So there's an animal that you are and there's an animal that you may aspire to be. And so it's important to feed the animal that you aspire to be. You don't really need to fire, feed the animal that you are because that, that, that dog finds its meat. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry. That dog will find its meat one way or another, no matter how much you try to starve it. But feeding the animal you want to be is just a little bit more difficult. It takes a lot more effort in doing so. Yeah, I mean, so while you were talking, one of the first things prior to we answered Michelle's question, one of the things that popped in my head, and Mm -hmm. and I think think you were the one that first kind of uh, said something to me one time that made me think, okay, you know, people are different, right? And that is for me personally, I am one of those kids when I was growing up and I'm now an adult where the why is extremely important to me. Um, like I have mm-hmm. to know why I need to know why something's working, why something happened. Like I, I got to know the why. If I don't know the why I'm going to, I'm going to go nuts trying to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. But not everybody, you don't have to be that way. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if you're dealing with something, or if you have some past trauma or some pain that you think is influencing your current behavior, the most important mm-hmm. thing is to understand what that behavior is and how to move forward. You don't have to know why, right? Like it doesn't necessarily matter if you figure out whatever it was in the past that is contributing to whatever your current behavior mm-hmm. is. The most important part is to know what the current behavior is and figure out how to adjust and move on. Um, however, like myself, I got to know why, and, and you'll never know for certain why there's theories. And that's what all like, you know, psychology and all that is, is, theoretically this happened which caused you to do this um so i I guess what i'm saying is don't be don't think that you're gonna have to rack your brain or go relive all your childhood traumas in order to move forward um that's not necessarily what you have to do uh you you have to acknowledge them Mm -hmm. and you have to understand like okay moving forward Mm -hmm. this is how i need it but you don't have to know the exact moment type of thing right unless you're like me and i just i gotta know (laughs) i i want to know um i I think that's important to distinguish because i think I think one of the big fears that people have um, with kind of attacking and acknowledging some of our past pains is they don't want to relive them. They're terrified to go back through and put themselves back in that mental spot. So it's just easier in their mind to just ignore it or to pretend like it didn't happen and just adjust to Mm -hmm. whatever you're dealing with. Um, And and I, I say, I say that somewhat facetiously in the sense of, you know, is it really easier? You know, like, we think that it's easier, but it's kind of not, right? It's like it's like carrying that anchor through the desert. Like we, we think it's hard to put it down, but in all reality, we're lugging this thing with us every step of the way. It's easier just to right. let it go, right? right. Um, and so I would argue that it's that it's not easier to just ignore it because what you don't realize is the more you ignore it, the more you don't address it, the the more it plays a role in every single thing that you do. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, as, as we've said before, you got like a board of directors up in your head who all gets to vote. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't address it, if you don't deal with it, then it's got a permanent seat in that board of directors, you know, and, and it's got a permanent vote. Yeah. And, and so the more you address it and understand it, then you can start to say, ah, you know, you don't get a vote on this one. You know, <laughs> like I know where you're coming from and your vote just doesn't count right now. Um, and so I think that's, it's an important thing to distinguish. Um, I see Michelle put another one up here. Let me see, put it on. She says, uh, sometimes feeding past trauma still gives the perp, the power over your emotions. Um, go ahead. I, you, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, left unchecked. Yeah. Yeah. Left unchecked or left unresolved. Yes. Um, that's 
that's exactly what it feels like, and that's exactly what it, what it tends to do. Um, but I'm going to piggyback off of what you said and, and go a little bit further with it um, because, you know, I was under that school of thought. You know, if it's under the rug, who cares? Leave it under the rug as long as it's not changing your life. And you know what? For the most part, for most things that you've experienced, that's okay. Um, for most trauma, even for for most minor trauma, that's that's probably okay. You're, you're you're probably not in a significant amount of pain or disruption in your life where you have to go revisit it and relive it. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, counselors and therapists can accidentally open up certain boxes that just they're fine closed. I mean, they don't really <laughs> yeah. require a lot of opening. But let's say let's say you're an individual that's getting to the point of very destructive thought. You know, very irrational thought, uh, suicidal thought. Uh, addiction use, uh, then you're going to have to unpack a little bit more than the average Joe. You just are. Uh, because if not, um, it's going to be very difficult because we don't know what what is really feeding it, right? Because we don't know what's feeding yeah. it. And you don't go back and, and talk about some things, relive some things. Then we don't know if we actually got it all out. It's almost like extracting cancer and then not spot checking to see if it's still there, if it's still present. Um, if there's more that needs to be done, it's no different than that. So emotional pain is, is, is very similar. So what we'd have to do then is just start unpacking right now. Yep. If you're unpacking, you're going to have to talk about it, but I'm going to give you a picture to kind of use. All right. So let's say uh, a person in your life passed away and you have this item in your house that pains you to look at. So you put it in this drawer and you don't want to look at it because every time you look at it, you think about that person. And it really hurts too bad. And, and But you, you, you've already started exhibiting behaviors that, that show a person like me that you've, you've had some loss. This, this behavior usually is attached to somebody who experienced a great deal of loss. Have you experienced a great deal of loss? No, 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 no. It's not really bothering me. It's not, so you're lying to me. You're telling me because you're kind of lying to yourself about it. You don't want to believe that it's attached. So you, you deny it. But eventually, after you've learned to trust a person like me and we've had a lot more conversations, I reapproach it because this really does feel like this stems from exhibiting a, a lot of loss. And then finally you open up and say, yeah, uh, I did lose somebody. This is the person I lost. And then in finding out, we find out that you have something in the drawer at home that you might bypass, but you constantly ignore that you just saw it. And, and But it's in that drawer. So let's say you take it out of that drawer and look at it. And then we talk about just feel, just Pull it out of the drawer, sit on your bed and just feel whatever, whatever comes. I'm not telling you how to feel, what to think, what to do. Just, just feel just whatever it is. Cause I want you to come back and tell me what you feel. So it's kind of really important that you kind of be present in that moment and, and whatever you feel, just know that it's okay to feel. It's not going to go further than that. And then we're going to talk about it. So then you come back and you tell me, and then, and then we talk about it. And then I ask you, where did you put it back? And you say, I put it back in that drawer. And I'm saying, all right, well, what if that drawer wasn't where it belonged? So let's talk about it. We talk more about it. And then we find out that, you know what? I really don't know why I put it in that drawer. There's really no reason it's in that particular drawer. So we talk about, all right, where, where else can it go? Where else can it be? I think at some point, you're probably going to come and say, I threw it away. And it's going to be like, what do you mean? And like, you know what? I was done with it. I realized, I don't know why I was hanging on to it. I was just hanging on to it um, for no reason. And I, it's just too much source of pain. And, and I realized that I didn't want to have it back in that drawer. I didn't want to put it back in the same drawer that I put in when I was a kid. And I didn't want to hang it up and display it because it's just, it doesn't, I don't want to give it that much value. 
in my current life. It really doesn't belong in my current life. So I just, I just threw it away. And that's pretty much how we deal with a lot of pain and emotion after it's processed. After we process it, it doesn't go back into the same compartment in our emotion, our brain, and our soul, and our spirit, and our heart, and our thought process that we initially put it there when we were that younger person. When we were that younger person, we put it the only place we knew where to put it. But once you process through it, once you mature a little bit, once you live through life a little bit, you might put it somewhere different or store it somewhere different. And that's what we do. We constantly defrag the computer, defrag the computer, defrag to the computer. And as we do it, the computer will put it where it needs to go because that brain right here is, is an incredible computer that's so much smarter than you and me. We don't know how to figure it out. Uh, we pretend to, to know how to figure it out. And therapists out there pretend to know where that emotion should go and how it should be. But it's all like Trini said, it's all theory. You know, we're, we're, we're all just practicing a way to see what would work for you. But you're such a brilliant computer and you are a brilliant individual inside, much smarter than you can ever allow yourself to be. And you will continue to defrag it and defrag it till it goes to the place where it needs to go um, to the point where, Someone like me, and you know we're all different, but someone like me has experienced a tremendous amount of trauma, yet it is in a place where I can talk about it, I can think about it, I can discuss it, and it has like no strength or value. So I'm just very fortunate that that my personal one was able to get processed through that way. Um, that doesn't mean every instance in my life was able to be processed that way. I'm just telling you about a specific one to give you an example of one that no longer has the weight, no longer has the value, no longer has the power to invisibly call, cause me that kind of pain. Uh, it's very overt now. It's a very obvious pain. It's a knowledgeable pain. I looked at it. I processed through it and, and it lost all its power and its weight and definitely lost all of its ability to be sneaky. Uh, because I'm able to connect it to, to in other people. This is how that trauma exhibits. So did it do that to me? Yeah, man. Wow. It did all those things to me, just like it does to other people. As unique as I am, as different as I am, or that I thought I was, it actually exhibited in a very similar way as it does in other people, regardless of ever being taught that that's how you process through it, because that's the ineffective emotional response that is very human. And I'm human. Yeah, that's my, I love that, you know, you're very special and unique, just like everybody else. Because <clears throat> we all do, we all think that we're that, you know, so unique and so special, which, you know, to an extent we are. But mm -hmm. um, regardless, you know, I, I think that, um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? For me, yeah. dealing with invisible pain is all mm -hmm. about not giving it the power anymore, right? Right. You know, I, I think that by observing your responses to stuff, and kind of dig it into a little bit of like, well, why do I do that? You know, is that learned behavior or is that innate? I, I think in doing right. so, you take away that power to be kind of like mindlessly affected by it, right? Like as one of the one of the bigger examples that I see, right? If we're going to talk about specific behaviors, um, we I'm sure well, if you've listened to us for any length of time, you've heard us use the phrase your picker's broken. I, I think that's a classic example of how our past traumas can come back to haunt us if we're not careful right because mm -hmm. like we'll be just innately drawn to a particular type of person be it a romantic relationship be it a friendship who knows and if it just continuously becomes disastrous for us and we've noticed that a lot of our our relationships have a very common thread in them we have to start asking ourselves like well what what is it about me that i'm finding attractive in that like what is it that's drawing me to that what about my value system is, is causing that 
Um, once again, I'm not blaming any of us for other people's behavior, but there there are potential like markers, right? There's potential things that we have in us that are attracted to that. Um, like I know, I mean, <laughs> we all have heard the phrase daddy issues before. Well, I mean, in my younger days when I was out there taking all these risks and, and riding motorcycles and stunt shows and I was covered in tattoos and stuff, I was a magnet for girls with daddy issues. I was that bad boy image and, and um, yeah, I was a magnet to it. And I wasn't exactly the um, the epitome of, of boyfriend or, or relationship material, but that didn't stop any of us. Well, you know, we still did our thing, um, but I'm not going to pretend like there wasn't, you know, some some daddy issues at play there right um and, and even for me right like there was there's some people in my life early on that were emotionally unavailable which then caused me to be emotionally unavailable and and i sought that out in others right and and you know it was quote unquote fun but it came at a cost right and, and so i think that oftentimes our pickers are broken because we haven't made ourselves aware of certain things that we tend to do um you know some of our impulses like there's right there's so many things that the, the way it manifests in our lives. Right. And, and I think that like, for me, for instance, <clears throat> one of my biggest things I've learned in the last couple of years was that through, so I used to always think that I was getting frustrated or angry at things, right? Something happened and I get mad. I get frustrated. Like what's wrong with you? Like I'm, I'm pissed off. That sucks. I'm mad at that. And I really truly mm-hmm. believe that I did, you know, and I'm not saying I never get mad, but, what I didn't realize at the time that oftentimes when I thought that I was mad, I was actually sad. I was sad at something or I was, I was hurt over something. And instead of acknowledging that sadness or instead of acknowledging that hurt, I funneled, funneled it through anger. And that's because of my past, my history, the things I've learned in my life led me up to that thing. And so for me, I was completely unaware that, that was an invisible pain, right? I was just walking around, just spewing out this stuff, not realizing that, man, I'm just, I'm coming from a place of hurt. I'm coming from a place of pain. Um, and it wasn't until I learned that, that I was able to say, okay, now the next time a situation arises, I'm going to try to do my best to be more in tune with how I'm actually feeling. Now that doesn't mean <laughs> that I don't purposely choose anger and hurt sometimes because I'm unskillful like everybody else. And I'll have my moments where I'm like, nope, I'm going to be mad right now. Um, but at that point, at least I'm aware of it. And then I typically will come back afterwards and apologize or whatever and acknowledge, eh, I probably should have done that. Um, but before me being aware of it, I was just mindlessly doing it, not realizing that those reactions were coming from past pains and things of that nature that I wasn't able to deal with. I see there's a comment up here. Um, uh, there's a comment from Michelle on Facebook again. It says, uh, sometimes uh, women are seeking strong alpha males for a protector, not a daddy. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really what it is. Right. Uh, uh, you know, for whatever reasons, whatever, whatever that bond was, um, you know, I can, I can relate entirely uh, to everything you just said um, from the, the anger to the, the, the females with daddy issues um, or better stated. I mean, we, maybe we should start changing that daddy issues into protector issues because that's really what it is. Right. Yeah. It's um, you know, the male protector issues. Uh, there's something to be said about that. Um, and you know what? I didn't know that Trinity. I really didn't know that until I was a lot older. I didn't know that, 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 that I was being a predator. I didn't, I didn't try to be a predator. That's not what was my intent. As a matter of fact, I, I used to pride myself 
on saying that, look, there's no woman out there that can get upset with me or is walking around upset with me because I, I broke their heart, promising something they, that wasn't going to happen. Um, you know, Dana's the first woman I ever said, I love you to Dana's my first real girlfriend. Uh, I mean, if there's any woman, I, I mean, I'd like to hear it. If there's any woman out there that ever could say that, that we were boyfriend and girlfriend, I, I would love to hear the story because, uh, that's not true. At least I, <laughs> I didn't look at it that way. And, and I felt that that they understood. Well, I'm saying I'm not saying that in a jerky way. I'm saying that in in, in a reality way. I mean, they knew it and I knew it. I I, t I really really stayed away from virgins. I stayed away from from uh, you know women that were like uh, I hate to say good women because I don't want to. I don't have any issues with past women that I went out with, so I don't want them to think that they're not good women. But you know, they had certain things that they wanted. I had certain things I wanted. Right. Um, you know, if they wanted drugs, I had drugs. If they just wanted physical attention, you know, and I just wanted physical attention. If they wanted to cheat on somebody and I wanted a secret relationship, I mean, all that stuff, it just fed my ego and my needs, just like it was feeding their ego and their needs. You know what I mean? And so, um, we just weren't, we, we just weren't ready to, to be maybe where they're at now, right. where I'm at now. And so, but I didn't know that. And so when I learned about, you know, uh, those issues that, that some women have and then matched it with the issues that I had it made perfect sense why those kind of women were attracted to me and it made perfect sense why I was attracted to them. Um, and so, uh, we, you know, I still have, uh, I guess, uh, a respect to the women out there that, that, that were the type of women that I went out with. And, and, uh, I wish them the utmost peace and, and, and tranquility that, that, that it's sad now to hear what, yeah. what some of their issues might've been, because I do remember some of the stories that some of them would say, and they'd be like, man, yes. that's, messed up uh but i never thought it had anything to do with me i never thought that i was a player in that game i always thought I was a, a good distraction but a distraction is a player in that game you know i was a distraction i 100%. was an escape uh, you know and and so i i was i was playing a role in that and and once i knew that to, to be honest with you trinity it made it hard to to be at certain places and go to certain places that i used to enjoy you know like if you start <laughs> yep. thinking about you know the strip clubs that the, the, even with Dana that we would go to or something like that. You know I mean? It's, it just made it hard to go that it was yeah. like, you know, because there's, there's women in pain there that, that I never used to look at them as women in pain. I never used to look at them as, as people that may have suffered at the hands of somebody. And that, and that, and that, uh, by me being there and by me contributing to it, I'm contributing to all of the whole cycle of it. And it was like, Oh man, now I. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that uh some of my my core quote, places you know oh, it, so it kind of sucks lost to be honest with you yeah. the more yeah i was lost there for a second wasn't i yeah uh you know so obviously there's at least one of them that has passed away that is saying thank you for that apology lawyers <laughs> <laughs> so there's at least one passed away when they wanted uh you know hey girl i'm sorry man you know uh, I'm, I'm yeah i mean you. you know there's always always got a always got a place in my heart for you but just just not love dana's the only woman i ever loved other than my right. mother and, and the women in my life as far as family yeah there there's there was no doubt so like what i what i learned early on for myself um this was i don't know how many years ago now it was, it was quite some time ago um but what i learned was so much of my behavior that i thought was like a part of who i was and just that's just who i am you know um was my seeking of power right like I didn't realize how much the power mm -hmm. dynamic meant to me, like, and how, because so when I was little, I went through things that took my power away. I was a powerless individual with a lot of things that were happening. And what I didn't mm -hmm. realize is at that time, from a, a perspective of survival, I decided that I was never going to let anybody ever take my power away again. 
I decided I was going to become the biggest, most powerful thing I could. And, and so every dynamic from that point forward in my life, every situation could be boiled down to who's got the power here. Whether that other person was playing that game or not, I was. So every interaction was, I'm going to make sure I have the power in the situation. Um, and, and so I would see fights when there wasn't any. I would see disagreements and arguments when there wasn't any. Um, because in my mind, that's what it was all about. Um, and so there's no doubt that a lot of my my um, my womanizing ways when I was younger, and I will call it that, even though that wasn't my intention. That's not what I thought I was doing at the time. But, you know, by the definition of it, I was a womanizer. Um, that was a, a thing feeding my ego, a power. Like, look how great I am. Look how awesome I am. You know, I can have all these women who like me. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of what I mean, right? That's what this whole thing is, is about invisible pain. Like, we're walking around convincing ourselves that our behavior is a choice that we're making every day. And, and while we, yes, we're making a choice to follow through with whatever behavior, those, those instinctual things that arise in us, they might mm -hmm. be caused by something else. There might be a, a hidden pain, a hidden yearning for something that's causing that, right? Like, you know, one of the, uh, my daughter's friends that was talking to me, you know, her father is just, well, her parents just aren't emotionally there and, and they weren't, um, you know, the loving, whatever parents. Right. And so I tried to explain to her, I, mm -hmm. I said, you know, that's going to affect you, right? Like if you've never dealt with that, that's going to have a ripple effect. I was like, no, no. You know, I was like, no, it is. <laughs> it's like, right. so the, as a child, as a kid, you can't process the fact that this is an adult who has adult pain, who's doing the best they can and they're failing miserably like the rest of us. Like as a right. kid, you can't comprehend that. What you're thinking is, well, it's my fault. You know, if I was better, then they'd be around more. If I was better, they'd love me more. Like, I apparently, maybe I don't deserve it. Like, there's a lot of thoughts that go through your head. And those those things don't just leave because you, right. you age. You know, they, they don't just go away. If you don't ever address them and look at them, they just, they just like, hang around. And they, right. they affect, and they, you know, everything you think and do is now filtered through those thoughts. And so right. you'll find yourself seeking validation through other people, seeking, you know, to be validated you're good enough even though you, right. you truly are, but you'll notice that, that the weight that you put on certain things all revolves around, hey, am I good enough? Is this person making me feel like I'm good enough? And then what you don't realize then is oftentimes that puts a lot of pressure then on the other person. First of all, it's not right. sustainable. They can't make you feel it because if you feel empty inside or if you feel like that hole, they're only going to feel it but for so long and before it starts to kind of dissipate and you're right back where you're at. And then in addition to that, right. if that other person is healthy in any way, they're going to realize like, yo, I, I don't like being that person to you. I don't like trying to be responsible for all of your, it's a lot of pressure to put on another person to, to deliver your happiness every day. Um, right. and, and so those are the things I'm talking about, right? Like that's what I mean by invisible pain. Cause I, I mean, how many times have you and I talked to people in rooms or whatever, it's just anywhere. It doesn't matter. You know, we have kids and, and they've had friends and I'm sure we've, you, I know you've gotten involved in those kinds of con, um, conversations much like right. I have you know, for whatever reason, we're like the resident go-to for a lot of our teenagers, friends, but um, it's to us, it's painstakingly obvious what the issue might be, but to right. them, they're completely oblivious to it. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. And, and it's not just teenagers. I mean, it, obviously they're the easiest ones to point to, but I know many adults, you know, who thirties, forties, what have you have right. pain and, and trauma that they've never just really wrapped their head around with. And they've con convinced themselves that that's just who they are. Right. And as we've said, that's not who right. you are. And, and it's who you've learned to be. Yeah. Can well, you hear my dog well, going crazy over here? No. 
and, and you're right. I mean, and, and if you're the person that says, well, that's just who I am, you're right. That's who you are now, but, but you're there for certain reasons. In other words, you got there through a certain process. You, you weren't born yeah. that way. You got there through a certain process. So, so I don't want to fight you on your language if you say, you know, that's who you are, but is that who you want to be? And is that who you want to keep yeah. being? Because I'm going to, I'm going to give you some other types of examples. Cause we talked about certain examples, like with women in, in, in violence or anger and stuff like sure. that. But what about attachment? So let's talk about attachment because there's a Go couple of examples I can give with that. No, just regular, just attachment. However, that, that comes right. For instance, my father was gone a lot, right? I'm a daddy's boy, right? I felt more bonded to my father than my mother as a kid because my mother and my brother were a little bit closer. So I was more bonded to my father, but my father was always gone. He was always, you know, fighting some war conflict or whatever. He was a GI Joe. So, you know, my dad is a retired <laughs> command sergeant major. So he was constantly gone. Um, so another thing that you do in the military families, you move a lot every three years or so you move. And so whatever your world was like, you knew it was temporary, you know, uh, so you pack up overnight and then you would leave and you'd be in a completely different place and, and you start all over. So you're always the new kid and you're always the leaving. You're always leaving. And you're always the new kid. And so that is the, all those early years of life. So my attachment to people is still that way. I can easily disconnect. I can easily not miss. And, and even to this day, like, like, uh, you know, like I'll tell you a harder one in, in relationships because Danny would be like, well, did you miss me? You know, early on, she doesn't ask that anymore because I'd hate to admit I don't miss, babe. I don't miss people. Um, I love people. I would love to see them. I may even use the words I miss you, like as, but I mean it like in a, in a, just a respecting and a love thing rather than a, I miss. I don't know what missing Yearning. feels like. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, missing really feels like because, because once you're out of state, out of mind, I mean, you know, you're, you're not there. And I know I'm going to see you again if, if we see you, but, but I don't miss, I, you know, because I spent those days. I remember those days. There was a record that I used to play and it was very painful. Uh, when my dad was gone, it was in Everly Brothers. Uh, dream, 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 dream. When you got a beautiful singing voice, by the way. Oh, we lost you again. Boy, your internet is. Uh... I see you. That's, that's anyway. I can't. Is it bad? Did you hear me? Yeah, you're All back right, so, now. So I would play that Trinity. I would play that 45 over, and I know some of you guys don't know what a 45 is or don't know what a record is. <laughs> So it's the little record, the little record, the little one. So I, I, yeah, I would play that freaking record. I can still picture me in that room on my little record player that they now, like it's cool now. So a lot of you millennials, it's that little record player that you got now that, that's really cool, you know, because it's that case. Well, that actually was out as a record player back in the day. And yeah. I had one of those and I would play it over and over and over. And I remember sitting there crying and wishing my dad would be home and wanting my dad to be home. And when is my dad coming home? And, and I would play it over and over again. So however that manifest, what it did is it manifested into me as a man who could easily disconnect from people and easily not miss people and, and not be concerned that you're no longer there to the point that when people in my life that I knew were passing away, I would disconnect before they actually passed. And, and I'm not proud of that. And, and I really don't, uh, I haven't, put the work in to fix that happened with my grandfather once i knew that it was my grandfather's last days uh, or last months i disconnected it was done i last saw him one time and then after i saw him that was it it was i said my goodbye in my head uh and it was and and, and he no longer existed for me from that point because i knew i was going to lose him uh, 
my great grandmother died and it was a real painful thing when I was a little kid. So I learned how to disconnect prior to them dying. And I never want to see it again. Um, my grandmother, when she was passing away, same thing. The last time I saw her was the last time I spoke to her and that was it. It was done. She was already passed away to me. And it's really hard to go back and look at that stuff, you know, but that is an example of what Trinity's talking about. I had this invisible pain of death and connection. And you put those two things together. My great grandmother died when I was 11 or 12. I was like 11 or 12. It was horrible because she was calling my name. And I was right there in the room and I was saying, I'm right here. And she couldn't, she didn't even recognize it, didn't even see me. And couldn't. And so that hurt too bad. And by the way, I said, I'll never return to Chihuahua, Mexico from that moment on. I still haven't been back to Chihuahua, Mexico. Never went back to Chihuahua. Uh, do I want to go? Yeah. But do I really want to go? I guess not because I haven't. Um, and then I haven't been back to Puerto Rico since my grandfather passed away. So, so I disconnect and it's just like, I don't go back. There. It's like, I don't go there. I don't see it out of state, out of mind. And it's just my way of dealing with that pain. And, and do I need to go back and fix it? I don't know if I could find a way that is really disrupting my connection with people that are currently existing, then yeah, if it was causing me to do some maladaptive behavior, or there was some maladaptive behavior that I would kind of need to find the source of it, then yeah. But until that point, it's kind of one of those things that yeah, maybe that's my invisible response to an invisible pain or my my overt response to an invisible pain, but I'm going to leave it invisible because it's not currently interrupting anything like my current relationships. You know, does does that make sense, Trinity, of how I explain that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. But, by the way, I'll go, I'll go one tiny bit further. From being that military kid who's constantly disconnecting and always had to, 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 to leave and leave stuff behind, I used to only have one box. And, and by the way, I still own the that box. box. Yeah, you would pack that. one box. I still have the box in, in, in that box. As a matter of fact, we talked the other day how somebody's pictures got in my box. I don't know how the pictures got in my box because they moved with me. But anyway, so that box has traveled with me. Every move that I've ever made, I've moved to a lot of places, but I still have things within that box that I've had since childhood in that box. Travel. Ooh, your internet is brutal today, man. Anyways, oh, so while we're, but yeah, your internet is so bad today. It is really bad today. So as soon as I put value on an attachment, let's say I put that value on this attachment of this, it would be hard for me to throw this plastic bottle away. And you could become a hoarder that way because I put an emotional attachment to an item that now I don't like to throw things away that I own uh, because I'm so used to no longer ever seeing it. Because if it didn't fit in that box, I'd lose it forever. Well, you know what? I don't want to lose that toy forever. I don't want to lose that thing forever. I want to now keep it. So it's hard for me to get rid of things. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have. So I gave you two examples of 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 attachment: sure. one with people and one with items. Well, I hundred percent relate. Obviously, I mean, you and I have spoken at length about these things in the past, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I too, right? Like from an early on, you know, early point in my life, um, you know, a lot of the the close relationships that I was supposed to maintain were mm -hmm. were taken away from me. You know, my my father wasn't what he needed to be, and we left him. My brother and my sister both kind of grew up and left and didn't, you know, didn't call back or whatever. Um, a lot of my other family members, you know, a, a lot of loss, right? It wasn't necessarily death, but it was loss. It was relationships that as a child you think are going to always be there and then they weren't. And so um, between that and some of the other pain and stuff, yeah, I, I the way I coped as a kid was, okay, you know, I can compartmentalize and, and you're just, you're not there anymore and I don't care. It's, it's a, it was a survival mechanism. And so, right. but the problem with that though, is that was what made it easy for me to like womanize, for instance, that was, that's what made it easy for me to be this amazing person to a woman 
but have zero attachment and be able to walk away from her and go to somebody else with no problem. Um, it was very easy for me to detach. So, but as an adult, the way that looks is it's very, it was, and it's getting yeah. easier for me, but it was very hard yeah. for me to show empathy. Sympathy I could do, right? We all can do, oh, that's so, I'm so sorry. That sucks for you. But true empathy, I was so disconnected from my own feelings. It was very difficult for me to have any real empathy for anybody else. And without real empathy, you don't get connection. Right. And so a genuine, real connection with another human being, I freaking sucked at because I just, I never, it never occurred to me that I wasn't able to empathize with these people because I was compartmentalizing. Why? Because it was still the little kid inside of me that was, you know, the way I, um, the way it was best described to me from a, a buddy of mine years ago, um, you know, there's a little kid inside of me that like had to fight, you know, and whatever that word, whatever that word conjures for you is what I'm talking about. I had to fight. And, and you know, the way I pictured it was like a little kid in a boxing ring, just going crazy fighting anything that gets in front of them. And then me as an adult, like I'm done fighting, but that little kid inside of me doesn't know that he's still going crazy. And it, I needed to tap that little kid and be like, Hey, it's okay. I got it from here. Like you're done. You don't have to fight anymore. Yeah. And so like, I had to have that moment where I told that little kid inside of me, like, bro, <laughs> I'm good. You know, I'll take it from here. I'll work on it. Right. Um, and the day I did that, it, it, it sounds cheesy, but it was like a weird release for me to basically tell the little kid inside of me, like, I got you. You know what I mean? Right. I'm sorry you had to go through all that, but I got you. And so that was the moment, you know, my that little little kid inside of me could take the gloves off and just go go to where he wherever he needed to be. Um, and so for me, that opened the door of learning how to empathize, learning how to build a stronger connections with people. Um, and, and yeah, the same as you, I look back, you know, I can't regret, you know, I can't, I got to forgive myself for not knowing what I didn't know. Um, but looking back, I would never do some of the things I was doing back in the day because I have uh, more of a capacity for empathy now than I ever did. And, and so, uh, right. um, I, I wouldn't be capable of those things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, agree with it. I wouldn't like it. Um, and that's an example of how that invisible pain, because had you had this conversation with me when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, I would have argued with you. There's no way now. I would have like, why are you crazy? I don't get, but no, those pains were very real and very much there. I just, I, I was so used to fighting those demons and so used to overcoming it that I was, I was blinded to it. You know, they, they managed to kind of sneak behind a blinders where I couldn't see that they were there, even though they were motivating pretty much everything that I was doing. Um, and, and that's what we're talking about with invisible pains. We all have that, right? It, it might look different for you. It might not be the same pain, but there's something we all have, we all have mannerisms. We all have things and not necessarily bad. They could be great. They could be good. Yeah. But the point yeah. is, is we didn't just like arrive suddenly to where we're at. You know, like, there was a process to getting here. I see a, another com uh, comment that was put up. That was uh, Michelle from Facebook again. She says, uh, do you think as a whole humanity is more disconnected with advancement in technology? I'll take that one and say 100% yes. Um, I, I think, uh, uh, technologically speaking we're more connected as a species than we've ever been ever um but i think humanity is much more disconnected than it's been in a while there's not a lot of human human interaction uh everything comes in little sound bites there's not a lot of context um there's ways to responding where you're not actually there physically connected with another human um so yes i i think we are more disconnected now than we've been in a very very long time if ever and, and, and you know what? The connection is just going to be different. Um, our yeah. definition of, of connection uh, is going to evolve. 
um, I think that that our idea of when, when you say connection, um, it's not going to mean the same nope. to the generations in the future as it does to you right now, as it does to yeah. me right now. It's just not, um, you know, because they may be okay with it. I mean, we had these conversations early on, about, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, is it good? Or- oh, your internet is horrible today, man. You're bad, and, and you know it's like you know well, to yet to be determined. I mean, this internet is causing us. I apologize. I'm going to get this hardwired in this office, man. I'm, I'm I can't Oof. do it with Wi-Fi, but um, but um, you know, it's 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 really interesting. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I see the question before it came up. Yeah, human touch, oxytocin, absolutely. Says, yeah, um, I think there is there's definitely you know that proof that we have that human touch gives you that. And so we're But what I'm saying is that the, the future human will find a workaround. They just will. Uh, they're going to have to. Yeah. We'll um, evolve. Because, yeah, we're going to evolve in a way. And, and evolution isn't always in the right direction or positive direction, by the way. I know that people think progress is always good and evolution is always good, but not necessarily. It, it just is. You know, yep. progress is just what it is. Uh, and, and evolution is just what it is. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean that the people in the future are right and the people in the past are wrong. It doesn't mean that the advances made are right and, and the, the, the prior to advancements is wrong. It just is what it is. And so there's a lot of uh, to be said, whether it's moving in the in, in the direction that we prefer. <laughs> we're going to have to write but a the good petition. thing about it is that we're all short term. Um, none of us are van. What? We're going to have to write a petition to, uh, you're in what, Sanford, I think? We need to write a petition and tell them oh. to get better internet. Oh, it was, it was it lousy today. It's And it's no better in New Smyrna, man. So I'm here at the radio station in, in New Smyrna at our, at, our, at our home office here in New Smyrna, WPSN99.com. Surf Monkey Media, got to give a shout out to us at Surf Monkey Media. There you go. But, uh, we have a couple uh, comments where you're talking. <laughs> she goes, Andy's gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it says, uh, uh, so Gabriella is also, uh, watching on Facebook. She says, uh, we also don't have empathy oh. for others. The cancel culture shows as that with technology. Yeah. I would yeah. say cancel culture is, is, is completely indicative of empathy yeah. or lack thereof. Um, yeah. you know, we're judging people by the worst moments of their lives. You know, right. like once it, there's a, there was an old thing where somebody, a teacher wrote down, you know, the nines timetables on the board wrote down you know one times nine is nine you know two times nine is 18 and and they got one of them wrong and they left it that way on purpose and then when they did it the whole class was snickering and laughing and you know raising their hand and they says you know what are you laughing at I said, well you get that one wrong he says that's see i got 90 percent of them right but the only thing you focused on was the wrong one you know they're right. doing that to show prove a point obviously um and, and yeah i mean i think as a society when it comes to empathy and we actually did a dharma time believe it or not on empathy versus sympathy a little while back but um but yeah i I think that empathy is something we severely lacking you know i think the bigger problem in something like that is to be honest with you is is the fact that you can always find someone to agree with your crap um (laughs) you're always going to find somebody with like issues like you see like back in the day when you didn't have internet and you and you had issues so you were the oddball out the positive of that was it forced you when you were I hate to say in the wrong because we're on Dharma time, but when you weren't in the flow of the stream, you're unskillful. It, yeah. It forced you to jump in that flow and, and kind of like at it, it least 
play the game, man. This is the game. And if you're not playing the game right, it's just going to make your life harder. Whereas now, the ne- but the negative was is that you f- if you felt like an oddball, you had all these issues, these personal issues, oddball, and, and everybody like kept making you feel like an oddball. So, you know, sometimes you hurt yourself because of it, right? Uh, either emotionally yeah. or physically. So now we're so worried about that person hurting themselves, either mentally or physically, that we've completely changed it to say there is no such thing as oddball. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I disagree. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes we do need to conform. Conformity is not always a negative, man. You know, some things yeah. people do need to conform. For instance, I really don't like that as a business owner that <clears throat> if I hire you, are you telling me that you can look any way you like, dress any way you like, and never wear a uniform or wear the uniform the way you like to do it in my place of business? Why, why is that? Okay, no, that's not real world in my real world. Maybe in your real world, and that's fine. You build a company and you have your company do that. But in my company, I choose not to. I choose to have some sort of dress code or rules that make sense to me. And that is okay too. If it's going to be okay for you to not have it and do whatever, then it should be also be okay to have it. And I think that's where the cancel culture goes you know, yeah. awry. It forgets that if you're going to ask for leeway one way, you also have to respect the complete opposite way that you don't agree with because that's really what you're asking for. And that's what I love. Like when we say what America really stands for, right? Why well, I hate the people attack it is because the people that fight for your rights and freedom fought for, even for you to say that I don't want it. Don't like it. Don't care about it. Don't love that flag. I don't give a shit about that flag. I don't give a shit about this. Yeah. You're allowed to do that because that's exactly what they fought for. Yeah. And you know what? Any true person that understands what this was built on is okay with that. We may not always like it. I mean, I don't like it. I mean, if they're doing the Pledge of Allegiance or they're doing the, you know, God bless America or something, you don't stand and put your hand in your heart or you have the, your lid still on, you know, you still have your hat on. I'm bothered by it, but I'm not emotionally like torn. Right. I just think you're just being disrespectful. For, for for maybe the right reasons or maybe the wrong reasons and you're just just being jerky because you choose to but but it's still on you it's on you and i don't have to have an emotional attachment to your behavior like that so well, but but the point is is that you know there still should be you should still be allowed to feel a certain way about it on either side of the direction because this country was fought for you to be able to do that and emotional stuff is exactly uh, uh one of those things it's just an example well, even with that, right, with the cancel culture, we were kind of we were dancing around mm-hmm. another pretty huge component when it comes to invisible pain, right? Uh, and and mm-hmm. you and I've sp- spoken about it many many times. Some surprise we are just now bringing it up, uh, but there's the other half of the mm-hmm. equation here, right? Like before, we were talking about our behaviors outwardly, what we're doing, but there's a whole mm-hmm. other side of this invisible pain thing too, and that is our buttons, right? We all have buttons. Mm-hmm. And we go through trauma and we go through right. pain and that button is massive and it's huge and anybody mm-hmm. and everybody can come touch that button and then we get mad at them for touching our button even though the button is the it's size like a flavor, of the flavor clock you gotta say that it's a yeah. flavor flavor clock it's the, it's the biggest button on the planet so you're inevitably going to touch it because it's so big nobody can tiptoe around that and so you know our, our go-to our immediate knee-jerk reaction is to get mad at that person for offending us or stepping on our button not realizing is no we need to do the work to make our button smaller right so this idea of expecting everybody to to not hit it no like your past pain and your trauma means you're going to be sensitive to certain things there's going to be certain things that Mm -hmm. mean way more than you to you than than a normal rational person would 
And so if it's an unreasonable thing, instead of asking all these people to adapt to your unreasonable expectations, you got to look inward and figure out, okay, why is it I'm so connected to this? Why am I so attached to this particular thing? Where's that come from? You know, and, and I think that's part of the work we all have to do internally right. is making our buttons smaller so people don't hit them as much. Yeah, you got. Yeah, that's on you, man. That's on you. I mean, don't don't put your stupid button in my face, man, because that's exactly what I did. I'd always put it in their face and then go, yeah, but you can't touch it. <laughs> of course. And he's gone again. <laughs> he's gonna come back mid sentence. Of course, they're gonna touch it. Don't put it, don't put it in their face. I'm yeah. gonna pause until it's back. Am I back? Yeah, you're back now. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, it's same my, thing. Right? Your button. When I was younger, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, when I was younger, my button was huge, man. Like uh, anything would set me off, man. I was just, wait, I was itching for a reason to be angry. I wanted to. I dare you to touch. Yeah. It. Yes. I, I would have it in your face. You touch, touch my button. Touch my button. Yeah. I bet you won't touch my button. Touch my button. See what happens. Touch yeah. my button. What I what I imagine is like you know being on the other side of like a lake or something. Let's see what happens. Well, I, imagine, I imagine myself being on the other side of a lake and having them you know saying come on over here, but the, the lake is my button, so it's impossible to not hit it. Like that's how big it was, and that button was that size, and I was so aggressive with it because of all my past pains. Like I was dealing with issues and pains that I didn't know what to do with, so I took them out on everybody around me. That's an example of invisible pain. Had you asked me why I'm mad at this person, I wouldn't say because, you know, my father didn't love me. No. <laughs> why are you mad at this person? Well, because they did this and they should have they known better. Blah, blah, blah. It had nothing to do with them. It was yeah. all my my buttons. Right. You, you, know, wanna, you, know, you, wanna, you know one thing that I have now? Uh, <laughs> bad <laughs> internet? Yeah, what I do. I like. Yeah, no, no. You know, you know, one of the things that's funny is that now I like, it's like, um, it's almost like you're a guy with tattoos, so I'm going to use your tattoos. It's almost like I tattooed a big button, like buttons on me. So you think that I have buttons now. So there's, uh, and I'm pretty sure I do, but just they're, they're a lot smaller and hidden. And sometimes I don't even know where they're at. But but Same. I have like fake buttons now. They're like tattoos. So like people think they're hitting them, so they keep trying to press it. And then... Oh, gosh. Dude, your internet is horrible today. It's like you do realize that this darn internet brother all right so let me let me continue along that point i know the internet it disrupted it but in other words i've i've adapted to the point where i became who i became from a mixture of all my stuff right and so and, and that's how we all are by the way you you don't think people can see your past trauma but i i, I can read people's trauma unfortunately because oh, yeah. that's my training it's not just I have this natural gift, but I but I train it and then counsel people for so long that, that there's really certain amount of things that make a person respond a certain way. I mean, it's, it's amazing how few things really like branch off into these things. So like, you know, it's almost like uh, when you see somebody and they go, oh, that's a 53 Ford. And I'm looking at the car. Like, how did you know that? Like they know the engine. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's the same kind of deal. Like when you work with a lot of cars, you just tend to know the sound of it. Or if you hear gunfire and you fire a lot of guns. Dude, your internet is atrocious today. Guns, you tend oh. to what kind of gun again? Here we go again. So, but but there's people that see your trauma, see your pain. So now I've manifested into this. <laughs> guy, right? So I know that people that, that, that work with. Yeah. What's going on with his internet? Oh, so yeah. bad today. They they can they can see my issues. They, they, I know they know the issues that I 
had in my life. And some may even accidentally respond as if they still have those issues because I've now adapted those characteristics to the point where I just exist like this. Right. So I could see certain people hitting those buttons because naturally they hit the button that, you know, because they don't know that they're predators or they don't know they're abusers or they don't know that they're bullies. So they're going to still try to hit that button naturally because that's their stuff. Yep. Right. Thinking, you know, whether it's instinctually or whether they're, you know, doing it on purpose, thinking that I'm going to respond and I'm just not gonna. Uh, so that's what I think is funny about humans as we get older as well as as we evolve. You know, some humans are now on a different side of it, but they're just projecting those behaviors, or, or, you know, projecting that that lifestyle because that's just now who they became. You know how earlier, Trinity, you were saying, you know, that's not who you are. That's who you chose to be uh, or who you became because of what right. you went through. Yeah. And, and then even when you heal, sometimes not all that goes away. Sure. And even when you're healed, you still choose sometimes to 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 do the other. Like I have right. many, many because, days like that. Yeah. In other words, there's rivers that used to be. They're no longer rivers anymore. But you know what? You still see that gully. So like if water does come down, it's still going to go along that path where that old riverbed uh, exists. Well, we're like that too. So even though we've processed through these issues, it doesn't mean that with the right amount of certain stimuli, we can't just fall right back into that piss poor behavior uh, and piss poor activity. <laughs> I know they're messing with me about this. I, I, yeah, she, I know. Michelle, Michelle from, uh, from Facebook says, are you on dial up? Oh, I love that was all right, Michelle. Bravo. That is the comment of the day right there, uh, Michelle. Is he on dial-up? That's awesome. Well, before we completely lose your internet, let's start doing our, our wrap-ups. Don't make fun of my AOL. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah. It was brutal today. You can go get on your sorry, rotary man. phone and I'm call not... somebody. No, here's here's a sad thing. I broadcast from from Telemed Clinics and Surf Monkey Media out here, which the entire business model, every every business. <laughs> That's so appropriate. Here in the middle, was talking about it, and it cuts out. This out of this office is an internet. Every business here requires Wi-Fi, and it sucks today. It makes no sense. It's awesome. All right. Well, I'm, I'm you know gonna I'm going to go right upstairs. Yeah. And I'm going to hammer David to get me a damn hard line in here by freaking next week. Well, we got That's another show on. coming up on Friday, so hopefully it's fixed. It hit my then. button. That hit my button. Uh, man. Yeah, the technical issues go. hits my button. Yes, it does. <laughs> I can attest to that as his his on-air uh, husband for however many years. Um, so I'm going to do the wrap-up for both of us then. That way we don't have to All deal right. with the internet cutting out. So um, r- real quick wrap-up. First and foremost, some house cleaning. Thank you guys so much. Uh, uh, for participating today, I'm out. Uh, a lot of you guys Thank are very much. Are, yeah, a lot of you guys are watching on Facebook Live. Uh, appreciate that. And for future shows, if you want to watch us live, you go to facebook.com slash WPSN99 and you can catch all the updates. You could also follow us on uh, TikTok or um, gosh, YouTube or Twitch. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, he is at the dope doctor, I am at the Dharma guy. We together are at dope and Dharma. Um, but anyways, so. so yeah, just to wrap it up, at the end of the day, man, we all have pain. We all have trauma issues, things that we've experienced as a child or growing up or even in our current years that then, you know, cause us to respond and react to certain things in a certain way. For instance, let's say, you know, uh, you have a bad relationship with somebody and it goes sour, then the next relationship you, relationship you get into, you call that baggage. It, what it really is is learned behavior, right? You're, you're learning to anticipate or expect certain things. Maybe you read too far into it. And that's more along the lines of your expectations and your trauma and your pain that you experience rather than that person's behavior. 
Um, so the, the bottom line is really what I think what we're getting at today is you got to do the work at the end of the day, you got to do the work. If you want different things out of your life, if you want different results, you can't just keep moving forward, expecting the world to adapt to all of your things. It's your job to look inward. It's your job to try to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. And when I say it's your job, I don't mean it's only on your shoulders, right? Part of being your job is reaching out to the people around you, you know, getting, getting therapy, reading books, finding spirituality, whatever that is, that's going to help you do it. You got to do it. You got to put forth that effort to try to intrinsically kind of get there for yourself. So, um, yes. Uh, so for those of you who don't aren't watch this live, uh, Louie over here decided to tell Spectrum that they suck. Um, we apologize for anybody who's listening to this as a podcast on, on whatever podcast platform you're getting it. I assure you our internet is not normally this bad, but it is what it is. Today's one of those days. Um, but thank you, Anthony, for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, I think that's all we got. So do you want to you want to try to put anything out there before your internet completely kicks off? Adios, amigos. <laughs> there you go. So anyways, that's all I got. And uh, appreciate you. So now that you know better, do better. Peace.